This is WBBL, Richmond, Virginia. Portions of this alternatives program were recorded live before a studio audience on February 17, 1988. The spring is just around the This is WBBL, Richmond, Virginia. are changing. They can be frightening and exciting. Times move quickly. There's a lot to celebrate and to wonder about. Lots of choices face us. That's what this program is all about. Welcome to Alternatives, the public affairs ministry of Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church. We're broadcasting to you from the studios of the church at Stewart Circle over WBBL, Richmond's oldest radio station. Each week we explore some of the issues and events that touch our lives. We share stories, music, conversation, and more. For the next hour, stay tuned for Alternatives. Good evening and welcome to this edition of Alternatives, the public affairs ministry of Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church. I'm your host, Matt Matthews, and on this special program, we'll be taking a look back, remembering and celebrating the unusual history of this station. WBBL was founded by members of Grace Covenant on January 27, 1924. The church has owned and operated the station ever since, this making its 64th year of broadcasting. Tonight, we'll open the history book and take a look back. I'll be sharing with you a synopsis of the station's history, a brief sketch of some of the significant events that have brought us here today. Joining me in this endeavor and helping the pages come alive, hopefully, will be Aldenero and Jeff Kellum. Both men played active parts in the WBBL, WBBL history. They'll share some thoughts and comments about their work here in the past, and perhaps we'll get an indication of the glimpse at a glimpse of the future. Also on hand this evening is Tony Booth, station manager at WLEE. As you might have already guessed, stations WBBL and WLEE are bound together in a truly unique relationship, both broadcasting over the same frequency, 1480 kilocycles. This share time arrangement was sanctioned by the FCC in 1944, and in 1946, Richmonders welcomed new station, WLEE, onto its radio dial. WBBL, which used to have the frequency to itself, shares time with WLEE and broadcasts from our studios here at Grace Covenant for two and a quarter hours every Sunday. Our programs begin with morning worship at 11 o'clock, followed by Sunday Magazine, a 15-minute audio collage beginning at noon. Alternatives begins at 8. And that's what you're listening to now. This is Alternatives. We're broadcasting to you from the studios of Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church over WBBL, Richmond's oldest radio station. I'm your host, Matt Matthews, and if you're joining us late, stay tuned as we begin our birthday party. 
WBBL has been broadcasting for 64 years now on this alter for 64 years now, and on this alternatives program, we're taking a look back, remembering and celebrating. Rather than broadcasting exclusively from our studio this evening, part of our broadcast was taped before a live studio audience. I don't know if that's a first for our broadcast. Uh, worship, of course, is taped live, but we don't call that an audience. This is truly an audience, though, not a congregation. For those of you listening out here, you might uh, take a look at the relic table and the things in the corner there, uh, old radios, equipment, and records. Um, Jeff Kellum said some joke. He'll say it later, maybe. For those of you listening over the air, you might have your own pieces of radio history in your homes, and certainly in your memories. The WBBL story began simply enough when the session of Grace Covenant assigned Dr. C.B. Pearson, a deacon and a dentist, the task of publicizing an upcoming evangelist, evangelistic campaign featuring the preaching of the famed Dr. R.A. Torrey. The session appropriated $50 for Dr. Pearson to cover publicity costs. The session rightly expected an overflow crowd to hear Dr. Torrey's preaching. Hoping to somehow get around this roadblock, Dr. Pearson sought to enlarge the sanctuary through radio. After rigging up a makeshift broadcasting facility on the third floor here in Grace Covenant, Dr. Pearson drove to Washington and secured a radio license from the Commerce Department only one day before the first broadcast. WBBL had been born. WBBL broadcast on a limited basis on Tuesdays and Sundays in its early days. Morning worship and Vespers were a regular part and the most important part of the whole broadcast schedule. Dr. Charles L. King recalled those early days. He was a pastor of Grace Covenant from 1919 until he moved to First Presbyterian Church in Houston in 1932. WBBL recorded a telephone interview with Dr. King in September of 1978, and we aired his comments on Sunday Magazine during our dedication Sunday when our new stu studio was in place. Broadcasting services put the church before the public in a new, vibrant way, he reflected. He found that a microphone and a faceless radio audience took some getting used to. He made some mistakes, he said. Here's a clip of that interview. In fact, no one told me not to sing too close to the speaker. And I remember one Sunday, a man calling up just after the service had finished and said uh, he, that he enjoyed the service very, very much. But who was that man with that ungodly voice? <laughs> and. Uh, I knew at once that everybody else knew that I was the guilty party. But uh, things soon settled down, and broadcasting the morning service was just a part of what we were doing for the people of uh, Richmond. That was Dr. Charles L. King, pastor of Grace Covenant, when radio station WBBL began. Am I on mic? Good. Okay. The years brought change. 
New equipment and various upgrades were made to that equipment. The radio industry itself was changing, too. Beginning in the 1920s, many commercial groups sought to use the frequency over which WBBL transmitted its signal. The Church Radio Committee, which was charged with oversight of the station and its operation, considered each offer and zealously guarded the license from takeover. Many offers were made. Finally, in 1944, WBBL signed an agreement with Thomas Garland Tinsley, Jr. The plan called for Tinsley to secure a license from the FCC and operate his own station with different call letters over the same frequency as WBBL. For the first 10 years of this share time arrangement, as the FCC labels such deals, Tinsley agreed to pay a total of $30,000. The pact was contingent on certain provisions, which reserved two and a quarter hours of broadcast time each Sunday for WBBL. Under this arrangement, the Tinsley station, WLEE, would broadcast at no charge WBBL programming on Sundays. The church would keep title to its own equipment. This arrangement between stations WBBL and WLEE has been in place now ever since. Bringing us greetings from WLEE, would you please welcome station manager Tony Booth. Greetings, ladies. Hello there. <laughs> Boy, that'll clear you and wake you up. Welcome. <laughs> now I know how the preachers feel. <laughs> Greetings from uh, WLEE. My name is Tony Booth, Vice President and General Manager, and also I host the morning show, and I greet you also with uh, greetings from Ed Giller, who is the owner of the uh, Gilcom Corporation that presently owns uh, WLEE. Uh, I will tell you that Ed uh, sends his regrets. He couldn't be here tonight. He and his wife Adele are in the South Pacific touring oh. Australia, New Zealand, and the Fiji Islands, but then somebody has to do that. <laughs> it is uh, indeed a pleasure to be here tonight. I have really enjoyed the program so far, and uh, as we get into it later on, we'll bring some more highlights. But it should be interesting to note, to the best of my knowledge, this is the only shared frequency that's left uh, for the commercial airways. Uh, there were three about five years ago, to the best of my knowledge, and for whatever reason, those uh, have now dissolved. We're the last one. The most famous being um, WBAP and WFAA in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, where not only did they share one frequency, they shared two frequencies at the same time. But uh, I was just talking with some of the uh, people at the table a few minutes ago, and it was interesting to note that uh, when they sent the uh, original document up to Washington to look at, uh, to have one of the communications lawyers to look over the original document, the guy says, uh, this just can't be. You know, these things are dinosaurs and they don't exist anymore. And he's, he's absolutely right. It's a very unique and uh, very uh, warm relationship that W. Lee has with WBBL. And I thank you very much for having us tonight. I uh, also want to thank you very much for feeding my children, because I'm playing Mr. Mom. My wife is out of town. Otherwise, you would have fed her tonight. Thank you.
only share time relationship for a long, long time. You're listening to Alternatives, the public affairs ministry of Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church. We're broadcasting to you from the church at Stewart Circle in the heart of Richmond's fan over WBBL, Richmond's oldest radio station. If you're joining us late, welcome. WBBL has been broadcasting for 64 years now, and this, and this evening we're celebrating our birthday, taking a look back and remembering. I'm your host, Matt Matthews. Stay tuned. this year on all sorts of projects. Earlier this fall, committee chair Phil Coltrane asked Herb Spencer to write a jingle for the station to be played as a station ID. Tonight we have a chance to hear it performed live. Here are Herbs and Spices. this take to write? Or was it written? <laughs> About uh, two weeks per note. <laughs> okay. You want to introduce your, your team? We'd love oh, to. Oh, yes. Uh, starting over here with Harleen Owens, soprano, Jack Brandt, our tenor, Sally Morthen. How could I forget Sally on the alto? Mary Kay Paget, another alto. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you anyway? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Ann Downing is our second soprano. Bill Shutt is our second bass. We sing mostly four and five part and sometimes six and seven part music, which is why it took us so long to learn that lengthy introduction. <laughs> Thank you for listening to us. Thank you. 
Vespers was discontinued in 1957. We broadcast our morning worship and then our evening hour was filled with the evening Vespers. When that was discontinued in 1957, Grace Covenant sought another program to fill its evening hour. Alden Arrow was recruited to help find the right program and, and to help make it go smoothly. The Presbyterian Hour, well, I'll let him explain it. By 1959, however, the evening services were discontinued and a new look was introduced. This was the Presbyterian Hour, sponsored by the Richmond Area Council of Presbyterian Churches from 8 to 9 p.m. each Sunday. It was often preceded by a half hour of organ music by Dr. William Shutt, Grace Covenant's beloved minister of music. The producer of the Presbyterian Hour was myself, Alden Aro. And uh, of course I was on WRVA, am on WRVA, have been for many years. I was ably assisted by Monkley's Felt and Rudy Rabin. And we spent many happy hours together producing the Presbyterian Hour. Alden, it's an honor to be on the stage with you. <laughs> Matt, it's so nice to be on with someone so young. Well, I'm 42. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Cultivated voice. How does it feel to be back? <laughs> well, I see some familiar faces, and I have heard some names, but when I say Bill Shutt, I mean your father. And when I say C.B. Pearson, I mean somebody's grandfather. And uh, I see a few familiar faces in this wonderful sanctuary. Tell us briefly how you got involved with the Presbyterian Hour. Did, did you come up with the idea or were you taking on Rudy Raby approached me. Rudy was our studio engineer and he, of course, was engineer up here at the time. And C.B. Pearson had uh, said, come on, let's see what we can do to get somebody to produce some programs. So we sat down under the auspices of the Richmond Area Council of Presbyterian Churches, which I think numbered about 15 or 16, and we came up with a format the first Sunday. Uh, we always had a minister to deliver a sermon specifically for radio. We recognized then that what necessarily went in the pulpit was not necessarily the best thing to broadcast. And these, we went from... Uh, church to church. Later on, we, ch we uh, got material from the Ragnar Library at the seminary. Uh, the first Sunday was Aubrey Brown. I don't know if Aubrey's in the audience. I haven't had a chance to look around. But Aubrey produced a program with, which dealt with uh, issues of the times and the uh, religious application to some solutions. Uh, we did numerous interviews. Of course, we always had many of the missionaries that were staying out at the seminary when they were back uh, on their sabbaticals. Uh, B. Lewis uh, from the Board of Christian Education provided a program and I saw B. not long ago on the street as effusive and brilliant as ever. And then we also devoted another uh, to music and we always had a problem with the fifth Sunday which we had to fill. And uh, we found ways. But the thing that of course I will never forget is the associations with the monumental people that were leaders in this church at that time as they passed in front of this microphone. The pastors, ministers of this church, names that uh, I can't all recall. Of course, the Thompsons from the seminary, uh, E.T. and Dr. Tolliver Thompson, uh, the people out there who led this church 
At the time, we built the Hanover uh, Camp Hanover, and we participated with the, uh, in, in getting the word out on that. Uh, and to work in this church in old Christmas and the candlelight service and the Easter music and sitting downstairs with a script and Bill shutting everybody upstairs, hoping that everybody did what they were supposed to do. He had the right microphone open at the right time. And it was a wonderful experience, particularly when the church was under construction. <laughs> I don't know how many remember that. And you do. And you would come in here and you were, I don't know where the church was meeting. They weren't meeting here. You'd trip over in the 8 o'clock at night. You're trying to find your way through the studio down there in the dark all by yourself, you know. And it was a lot of fun. And sometimes we'd go out to Lee and do the, and I learned to work some of the boards out there too when we couldn't work here. <laughs> that's right. Okay. So that's a little background. You had a radio job at WRVA, um, mm -hmm. and you had time to do this too. Yeah. Was there Sunday. a great desire for you to come? Obviously there was, that, that you came. Well, it was, it was a challenge uh, to work with the people uh, and uh, to do, a, I did a series, we did a series on the disciple not disciple, I learned that Paul was not a disciple. And uh, with Dr. E.T. Thompson. And to sit down and work a script with him, I mean, who could ask for a better way of learning, right? Did he teach anything about radio or theology? Which I'm still learning, still learning. <laughs> Both, I suppose. And uh, I know when you, when you get to someone later on uh, that well, there have been much, much thought into, in, into the use of this media in the church. Let me ask you briefly, why did the, the Presbyterian Hour, why was it discontinued in 1967 67? I think it needed a change. And there were nice, young, bright people coming on that had some new ideas better than mine. And it was well that they took over. And uh, I was, I'm pleased with what has been happening. Well, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Alden Era. Thank you. Thank you very much. suggested times were changing in the late 60s. A format change was coming in the late 60s, 67, 68. With electric guitars and pop and rock rhythms came this change. And as the audience grew younger and the format evolved at WLE, the Richmond Area Council of Presbyterian Churches and the Radio Committee at Grace Covenant agreed that the offerings from WBBL should be geared to meet that change. Morning programming, worship, followed by the 15-minute uh, organ music at that time, would, of course, continue. It was the evening time slot that was the candidate for transformation, for change. The talents of this second-year divinity student from Richmond's Union Theological Seminary were procured in hopes that he could reach the new audience. From Stewart Circle in the Van, this is WBBL Radio, Richmond, Virginia. Sunday begins a fresh week of affirmations, contradictions, values and decisions, dreams and visions, information and conversation. 
It all fits into an hour of radio called Alternatives. Each week, guests live in our studio, usually a way for you to respond on the air. We'll give you the phone number throughout the hour. Now and then, some cultural reflections on films or recent books or issues to think about. And some music to enjoy as well. Now, consider Alternatives. That voice is the Reverend Jeff Kellum. That uh, intro, too, is the old introduction to the alternatives program. Choices, affirmations. We're tossing the, world, uh, the word old around a lot. Uh, <laughs> I really uh, can't wait to tell Millard the Mallard that I saw at the, sat at the relic table with Alden Arrow. <laughs> the relic table is in the corner. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, You came to Grace Covenant Church to uh, meet the change in the 60s and produce a program that would fit the new format, the new younger audience, and that program was? Well, it was called Showcase back in uh, 1968, February of 1968. WLAE at that time was the number one rock station in town, and so we discovered that there were a lot of young people listening to the radio, and nothing on the radio was geared toward a young audience. Almost all the programs good programs were still aimed at a pretty much an adult audience. So we decided to play the kind of music that young people were used to listening to at that time. And uh, a lot of it was not high quality music. A lot in the early uh, 70s and late 60s was called bubblegum music. Uh, not a lot of uh, depth. <laughs> I mean, one of them was called One, Two, Three, Red Light. Another one was called Simple Simon Says. And that's about the kind of music it was. But I began listening to the lyrics and discovered that some of the songs had some theological implications, and some of them were about personal relationships, and some told stories. One of the first specials I did was, was by uh, Simon and Garfunkel. Of course, their music still is used today uh, with a great deal of depth and understanding. Still deep meaning, and you helped bring that meaning out, explicating the songs. Yeah, I even told the meaning of some of them. <laughs> Showcase became Celebration Rock. There were uh, 200 Showcase programs. I've been doing it about uh, four years, I guess, with one program each week. Uh, I should mention that Showcase was designed to be a go for a month. We thought we'd try it for a month and see what kind of uh, response we got. And we got real good response from the intended audience, which was young people. And so we went on for another few months and ultimately on for those four years. Showcase didn't say anything to me. It was just a name of a program in college that I had done and was looking for something with a little bit more meaning. Celebration said something to me, and rock, of course, had the double meaning of on this rock I will build my church, uh, which is looking at Peter and, and Peter's strength with the affirmation at Caesarea Philippi. Also rock, of course, was the kind of music we were playing. So it seemed to be a title that kind of picked up on a lot of different issues. In some of your old publicity, this is a celebration rock that we call Earth? That's right. That's okay. Right. You served Grace Covenant in many capacities. Um, youth director, uh, WBBL person in all sorts of ways. Part-time, quarter-time, three-quarter time, <laughs> and then free. <laughs> um, and this is free, by the way. <laughs> I lied. <laughs> okay. I guess I'll cut out that trip to Fiji. 
what were what were some of the highlights of your 17-year tenure uh, here at Grace Covenant and at WBBL? The the first highlight was really a low light, um, and this this was really something that, that looking back on it now is I find really still fascinating. I was almost sued once by uh, some merchants in Bon Air. Uh, on my radio program, I was interviewing some teenagers at a youth center, and they said that two businesses in the area would not donate money to our youth center because it was interracial. And so I went on the radio and just announced that a couple of merchants would not donate to this youth center because it was interracial, and I had a little brotherhood spot that, that followed that. And the next day, the kids went to the owners of these two businesses and said, we heard on the radio that. And so they called their attorneys. I was on vacation and came back to town to discover that. In Fiji. The, in Fiji. Yeah. <laughs> Found out that the tapes had been locked away so I couldn't tamper with them and uh, uh, went to meet with the merchants and assured them I was not trying to extort money. Uh, and that was, I mean, it's, it's funny now, but thinking about the, the implications of that is uh, uh, kind of interesting. There were some highlights, too. The highlights were... The, uh, the kinds of response that came from that show, from the young people in this church, as well as many other churches, and also the, the response that came uh, uh, from the Catholics when they gave us a certificate of merit for the best youth-oriented uh, radio program in the country. The Gabriel Award. The Gabriel Citation, and that led Back to uh, uh, syndication. So we were on probably a total of 50 stations at one time. Okay. Um. You did a lot of other programming for WBBL. You, you invented the 15-minute the uh, Sunday magazine, the, the concept of that. You and Bill Dunaway, is that correct? Yeah, I think, I think Bill Dunaway was saying, what can we do with that time? Uh, I think uh, it was 15 minutes that followed the service, and we thought of some way to connect with the worship experience in the sanctuary to our ministry in the world. And so we designed a program that told some religious news, had some special features and interviews. And that was called the Sunday Magazine. Okay. When Celebration Rock was taken off of WBBL due to yet another format change in... Well, WLAE had changed uh, yeah. its format. That's right. And That's so I mean. it was yeah. silly for us to continue to do a youth-oriented program on a station that was once again uh, gearing its focus toward an adult audience. Big band. And, right. So we changed it to uh, Flight 1480, and that became Alternatives. Okay. Back to Celebration Rock. By the late 1970s, it was syndicated in over 50 markets nationwide. And since I'm a fan, I can attest to the fact that you're a good retreat leader. In order to give the audience, both listening to us over the air and here in, in our uh, studio audience, a taste of one of your retreats, if you will, I'd like to share a brief clip of Celebration Rock. Good morning, I'm Jeff Kellum. Thanks for getting up so early and meeting me here. I had the feeling you needed some time away and it seemed like the best place to retreat for a while. I know you were probably up late last night, but I wanted us to meet this morning fairly early so we could be here without the crowds or be showing up before too long to swim and surf and sunbathe. Let's just walk in the surf for a little while. Maybe we can find some shells that are washed up during the night. gives you ideas like this, taking people to the beach on Sunday morning? I think in some ways it is a, uh, uh, 
a process, a creative process that any, any minister has in trying to build a sermon on Sunday morning each week, or a writer, ideas come to you driving the car or simply walking uh, down the street. Um, I'm not sure where this idea came from. It may have been hearing two or three songs on the radio that had something to do with the ocean. We picked up some shells on this journey. Later on in the program, you would, you would be picking up shells and also some theological pointers and some pointers about being human and what that means. Thanks to you, Jeff. You've been producing this for four or five years, 20 years, 20 years. 20 years. Congratulations on 20 years of producing Celebration Rock. Congratulations on 20 years of feedback and Celebration Rock. <laughs> Jeff Kellum. Listening to Alternatives, the Public Affairs Ministry of Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church. We're broadcasting to you from the church over WBBL, Richmond's oldest radio station. We've been taking a look back, celebrating bits and pieces of WBBL's 64 years of broadcast history. We've been celebrating 64 years of broadcast history at WBBL. Hi, I'm your host, Matt Matthews, and you've been listening to WBBL's birthday celebration, which was taped before a live audience at a church night dinner this past February here at Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church. We'll return to that dining hall upstairs in just a bit, but right now we're here in the basement studio at Grace Covenant, and again, we're broadcasting over WBBL, Richmond's oldest radio station.